Hi, and welcome back to the Polaris Travel Health Podcast. Thanks for tuning in with us again this week. Today, Jaden and I will be discussing a hypothetical trip to South America. Yeah, we've done kind of a couple other episodes like this, and we thought this might be an interesting addition to the series. First off, what would you say is kind of a common itinerary or maybe two common itineraries that you see often uh, when people are making a trip down there? I think when you start thinking about South America destinations, by far, by far, the most common location is Peru. And usually you're talking about going to Machu Picchu and Cusco and that sort of thing. And then also potentially going into the rainforest and seeing, you know, all the jungle and everything associated there. That's by far the most common trip. Other trips that we see, though, we also see people going to Ecuador, going to the Galapagos Islands, which is part of Ecuador, also going into the junglier areas of uh, Ecuador as well for the same kind of ecotourism reasons. We see people going to Brazil. Lots of times it's just to places like Sao Paulo and, and Rio, but uh, also to do, I actually had an appointment here last week and it was someone going uh, on a Amazon River cruise. And other ones, Argentina, pretty common destination. Bolivia we see as well. Colombia, we do see more often, I think, now than we did a few years ago, now that everything has seemed to settle, have settled down there. So those would be probably the main ones. I, I guess that's more than one or two, Jaden, but uh, yeah, there we go. All right. You mentioned in our last episode that you and your wife had actually traveled to South America a number of years ago. Where did you go and what was your guys' experience? So when my wife and I went to South America, we started in Chile and we just went really through the airport. And then the rest of the trip, we went to Argentina, spent a lot of time in Buenos Aires. We spent some time up at, at Iguazu Falls. Uh, also spent some time in, in Uruguay, just on the really just a, a ferry ride across from Buenos Aires. So that was the main gist of our trip. We Argentina is such a big country. You can go see and do so many things. We were a little bit pressed for time. And we also put this trip together pretty quickly. And my wife was pregnant. So we basically, we got a nice little taste of things, but you know, we didn't exactly spend all our time touring through all the wine country and going way down south or anything like that. But it was a it was a good experience overall. I, I, I quite enjoyed my time down there. Awesome. Well, that sounds like fun. Hopefully, uh, you might be able to make it down there again someday. Okay, you know, unfortunately, we still do have to kind of make mention of COVID. What is the sort of situation looking like gaining entry into these countries? So I know, Jaden, you did a bunch of research on this. And so I, I can't make the claim that I'm pulling this all over the top of my head. But in most countries, there's a requirement to be vaccinated. There's also pre-travel PCR tests for a lot of places. And I think this is really a, a laundry list of places, you know, Brazil, Colombia, Guyana, Suriname, French Guyana, Uruguay, Ecuador, Bolivia, Paraguay, Venezuela, you need to be vaccinated and tested when you get there at your own expense. Argentina, you need to have medical insurance available. So and in Chile, I know that vaccination isn't uh, mandated, but encouraged. So I think the bottom line right now at this point is you pretty much need to be vaccinated in most places. That's a good rule of thumb. And some of these countries are going to require some kind of testing still at this point. Definitely. Yeah. And certainly those things are changing pretty often. So definitely check in before you leave if you're planning on visiting one or more of those countries because the rules might be different. 
Okay, moving on to some other travel health concerns. What are the mosquito-borne illnesses to watch out for? Are there malaria in any of these countries? Yes, yeah, definitely. What we usually find is that you think about it from the standpoint of, is it a jungly place, like maybe in the Amazon basis? Like, are you going to rainforest, tropical areas? Like, you think about that whole Amazon basin, the interior part of Brazil, and some of those areas even into, you know, Guyana and Suriname and French Guyana and the southern parts of Venezuela and Colombia. And and then when you think about Ecuador and Peru on the east side of the Andes, essentially where it's rainforest, those areas are are concerning. And then you even think about, you know, parts of uh, Bolivia can be a, a concern. Once you start to get to some of the other somewhat common destinations, places like Argentina, Uruguay, Chile, those are not concerning areas when it comes to malaria, but there definitely are scenarios that we encounter regularly where malaria is is a risk for sure. And what type of chemoprophylaxis is able to be used in these areas? Pretty much the same as what you're looking at for most other countries. It's There's chloroquine resistance here. So I guess if you want to make the argument, you know, if you're thinking about Central America, we can still use chloroquine in some of those places. But once you get into South America, there's resistance. So you're looking at malarone and doxycycline and, and mefloquine potentially. So th- those are our um, primary things we'd be looking at. Okay. What about yellow fever? Yes, uh, yellow fever is definitely a thing here, just like in Africa. Now we know that the incidence of yellow fever is higher in Africa, but it's still a risk in South America. Again, we start talking about Brazil. Actually, it's interesting because at one point in time, the risk was more in that Amazon basin area, the same kind of area that has the malaria risk. But actually, we've seen the yellow fever area expand uh, over the last few years because there was an outbreak of yellow fever a few years ago. I'm, I, I can't remember exactly when. So now we consider even places that are along the coast, areas that we didn't consider too much now are considered risk. So basically, most of Brazil is now a yellow fever risk area. And then you start thinking about other places. And that little tip part of Argentina where Iguazu Falls is, is still a risk, although there haven't been very many cases reported there anytime recently. And then when you start thinking about Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, areas and into sort of uh, Guyana and Suriname. Those are all risk areas on the in the jungly or tropical rainforest areas. You're not going to get yellow fever in Lima, Peru, or anywhere in Chile, or at high altitudes. When you start thinking about doing things like doing Machu Picchu and, and Cusco, or you're going to high altitudes in Bolivia, like into La Paz and other areas there, we don't have to worry about yellow fever because for that point, we don't have to really worry about any of these mosquito illnesses because mosquitoes just don't do well at those really high altitudes. Right. Okay. Well, good to know. What about dengue and other types of non-vaccine related mosquito-borne illnesses? Well, dengue is common. You can definitely get dengue in most of the areas that we're talking about here, even in the areas where there's less concern about malaria, yellow fever, like a place like where I was in in Buenos Aires, Argentina, like there's a dengue risk there in the city. And there's meanwhile, there's no malaria risk or there's no yellow fever risk. So I think generally speaking, it's pretty much a risk or most of the content. And then as far as Zika, well, we had the big outbreak that was in Brazil and into Colombia and other places. Now that has mostly died down at this point. 
So it's less of a concern now, but we know that it's present at some level. Same thing with chikagunya. There's no active outbreaks, at least as of this time that we're recording here in August 2022. But there are certainly things that are concerns and daytime insect precautions are, are a good idea. Alrighty. Well, what about other sort of travel health related concerns? So always got to think about traveler's diarrhea. And generally speaking, that's a concern in, in most of these places. I think right now, even in some of the more sophisticated locales, a place like in urban Argentinian areas and, and Chile, there's still a decent chance of risk. But when you start thinking of a lot of the other places, the risk certainly is higher. I, I would feel, uh, you know, in a lot of places that people, tourists could be potentially in, there's a significant risk there. And from a vaccine perspective, I think the two vaccines we're always looking at here are hepatitis A, that's kind of a, a given. And and typhoid's a risk. Now, we know that there isn't the same level of risk with typhoid maybe as there is in, say, South Asian countries. But we definitely know there's risk there and, and there, there are cases there. Probably it's even somewhat unreported. But actually, I even know of a, a patient from uh, our part of the world that actually had typhoid fever. They caught in Bolivia. Anyway, it's, it's certainly possible. And then uh, another thing to talk about is altitude sickness. We know that um, the Andes, there's, you know, high when it comes to altitude. So when you start thinking about common destinations, we start thinking about, as I mentioned, Cusco and, you know, doing uh, Machu Picchu. And then those are risk areas. And then also even into Ecuador, Quito, the, the capital and biggest city, it's at relatively high altitude. And La Paz, Bolivia, and, and a lot of areas in Bolivia, the altitude is, is significant. And also, even into Colombia, there are some areas that are reasonably high altitude. Now, when I think of places like Bogota, it's probably not as significant as maybe some other places that I've mentioned, but it still could play into everything. So we definitely have altitude sickness concerns uh, in this part of the world. Definitely. Okay. So if you were to get sick from something or experience some sort of injury, what might medical care look like in some of these areas? I think when you're talking about some major urban areas, like again, places like Rio and Sao Paulo and Buenos Aires and Santiago, Chile and Lima, Peru, I think your ability to access care is probably pretty good. I think that you have to remember that you might have to pay up front with a credit card. You can't rely on insurance paying first and you're just going to have to hope you get reimbursed. But I think the actual access to quality care is there. There might be some language barriers potentially, but I think as you go more remote, more rural and, and more off the, the major city locations, I think that the quality of care and the access to care decreases quite significantly. So, so in smaller places, you're, you're less likely. Now, of course, then you would run into the situation where if you are in more remote locations, you might be doing more adventurous activities. So that could put you at higher risk. So that would always be a concern. I think there are potentially the option to be airlifted, make sure that your travel health insurance has evacuation insurance, you know, back to either North America or even just into a, a more major city. Okay, well, good to keep in mind. What about other security concerns that you might run into? I think you're looking in some of these countries where common sense is important. Be conscious of tourist scams. Things like wearing your bag crossbody, keeping your valuables uh, safely secured. Don't wear flashy items. And I think that there are, you know, some of these countries, I think 
you know, Brazil kind of has a bit of a reputation in some of the urban in the centers for having rogue taxi cabs and that sort of thing. You have to be careful of that stuff. And when it comes to beyond these kinds of things, there are some level of risk in regards to going to certain border areas, Colombia, Brazil, where there's political issues. And I think that being said, uh, Venezuela at this point in time is not exactly what uh, I would define as a real stable place. So I think that a place like that, would I would be hard-pressed uh, to feel too secure going there uh, at this point in time, at least. Definitely, yeah. And certainly our government and the United States government make some recommendations about travel by their citizens to certain areas like that. So something to, to kind of keep in mind if you're planning a trip, but it's also common sense is always key. Definitely. I actually don't know uh, off the top of my head whether there's a travel advisory for Venezuela currently active right now, but yeah, I think that... There are a couple places that I would always be concerned about, and that would be one of them. That being said, you know, this stuff ebbs and flows. You know, at one point in time, Colombia would have been viewed as a really dangerous place to go. But I think at this point in time, things have really quieted down from the whole drug cartel world that we had a while ago. I'm not saying that it's quite like walking down the street in a small town in Canada or anything, but but I think that... um, the quality of safety and security has improved there significantly. So, so like I said, it, you, depending on when you're going and and what's currently happening, there there's a risk. But I think in these countries in general, that there is a bit of an ebb and flow to things. I think it's always worth keeping in mind that what was true a few years ago may not necessarily be accurate now. So you just kind of have to stay on top of that. Definitely, for sure. Okay, anything else you want to mention? Chat about things that we missed. Not really. I don't I don't think so. I think whenever I start thinking about one of these trips, lots of times I'll be thinking about, are you going to sort of the Amazon basin? Are you going to the jungly tropical rainforest areas or are you not? Those are, that's probably the single biggest question because a travel consult for places like Peru, Ecuador, Bolivia, they're highly based on where essentially you're going in the country. If you're going more to the coastal areas, if you're going to be even at the high altitude areas, you don't have to be thinking about malaria. You don't have to be thinking about yellow fever. And you just go a little bit further inland and then that risk is there. And lots of times when we even have Peru type appointments, most people are going to Cusco and Machu Picchu, but then sometimes people will add on going to the rainforest in addition. So that adds an extra layer of fun, but it also adds an extra layer of complexity in regards to how we handle those ones. So so that's kind of a good way to sort of think about a lot of these appointments, I think, especially when it refers to those countries. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Polaris Travel Health Podcast. A reminder that the information and advice we provide in this podcast are not a substitute for live medical advice tailored to your itinerary and your medical history. If you have questions or you'd like to book an appointment, please head over to our website, www.polaristravelclinic.ca. Check us out on Twitter at Polaris Travel Rx and our Facebook page as well. We hope you'll tune in again with us next week. Thanks, Jaden. And I actually want to just say a couple things real quickly here. So I think this might be our last podcast with Jaden for a while, quite possibly. Uh, Jaden's got some school commitments and everything else. And, and 
uh, I hope it's not the last time we hear her, uh, but I just wanted to say and have it on the record here, Jaden, thanks for everything. Thanks for setting up this podcast. Thanks for doing all the behind the scenes stuff. And I'm very grateful for all the stuff you've done with relating to the podcast and to other things. And I always knew you were going to be destined for bigger things and everything like that. And I, I wish you all the best. And I think I've already expressed this to you just talking amongst ourselves, but uh, I want to get on the record here too. I, I just, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for everything. And I hope this isn't, uh, I hope we will be hearing more from you at some point in the future, but just just in case it's a while or, or, or whatever, uh, I just want to say that. Well, yeah, thank you. Maybe I shouldn't have said uh, tune in with, again with us next week. That's force of habit, but uh, yeah, I'll, I might be I might be out of out of the picture for a little bit. But I I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity to be a part of this. And I've had a lot of creative freedom over this podcast, and I appreciate that a lot. So thank you, and thank you to everybody who's listening out there. And I hope I'll see you guys again. Yeah, and I think right now we're going to try and continue this on in some format here. I'm not. Not exactly sure how it what it's going to look like, but the plan is this is not the last episode. We are going to have more episodes. I already have a couple ideas here. I'm going to be potentially speaking at a conference, and I was already thinking about the idea of about even trying to do something from there. But anyway, we'll figure something out. But anyway, I just yeah, that's all I got right now. So again, thanks once more, Jaden. Appreciate it. Thank you.